0: One of our listeners posed an interesting question in response to a recent episode.
1: This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and Tracy. A weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world, change takes courage.
0: Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. Oh yeah, April, you were just telling me we got a comment on YouTube from one of our recent episodes. Um, And it was-
1: Yes. That is correct. A lovely, thoughtful comment from someone named, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Chesed. So shout out to you, Chesed. It might be Chesed, but it has the K-H. I think it's Chesed. Wonderful name. One of my favorite Jewish values around (laughs) loving kindness and compassion. Yes. Shout out to you. Um, And they gave us some feedback, uh, some uh, feedback around how at times addressing different microaggressions has helped challenging because they've gotten different responses, and they were comforted by what we shared about the fact that different people um have different preferences, specifically people of color or any member of a marginalized group, right? Because this also extends just also beyond race, but we really focus in on race in this podcast, right? That there may be some core best practices, and different circumstances and different individuals might have slightly different expectations. And so it's not necessarily, Um, And so we just get to learn and evolve and broaden our scope. And it's not necessarily that what we did was bad, but then it might not be the right fit for that specific person. But then they also asked a question, Tracy. Uh, They said, uh, I'm using they because I don't know their pronouns, maybe he, she, or they. And so just playing it safe and saying they. So also, please pardon me if I am misgendering in any way. Um, Okay, so... They said, quote, I'm also wondering, what are good ways to respond when you hear racist microaggressions in general, not directed at anyone in particular, or maybe the target is not around or present in that moment? Um, I encounter this at work, and I'm not sure how to respond. Thank you so much, end quote. Right. So I thought that this was a really wonderful question, right? Because in our first episode, in uh, coming back from our uh, may break from sharing new recordings. We, the title is how to, um, when you overhear microaggressions, but I guess the subtext of that first one could have been, and the person is present. (laughs) The person who is getting targeted by it is present, right? And so now Chesed is asking, but what about when they're not present? And I thought that that was a really great uh, question. And as we were starting to initially, as I was sharing this with you, Tracy, you mentioned that uh, you had some initial thoughts. I'd love to hear them.
0: Yeah. Well, th- this is one of those cases where um, it, it is. It's really hard to know what to do. So I I really sympathize with Chesed's predicament, um, and it reminds me of there was a time a couple of years ago where there was a person who was very important in my work life. So I didn't work for or with them directly, but they were kind of important to the power structure. How about that? And they would make these jokes that were like not over the line racist, but sort of flirting with being racist or flirting with the line. Mm -hmm. And and the first time it happened and um, this person told this joke or made this comment, I was like, I just froze. I mean, it was fight, flight, or freeze. And I froze and they walked away and I was left standing there thinking, did that really just happen? Did did they really just say what I think they just said? Like I just, I, you know, I just really froze. It's such a natural
1: initial response. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so what I did was, um, actually try to prepare myself for when it happened again, either with this person or with other people. And so I would practice saying out loud, you know what? That's not funny. You know, if it was a joke so that I actually had on the tip of my tongue, that's not funny. Or the other version would be like, I don't understand. What, what do you mean? And that like forcing the person to explain their racist joke often <laughs> will sort of make it clear what's happening to them and to you. And then they'll um, adjust adjust though or, or take it back or think twice about, like, I, I can't control what that person says outside of my presence. But by, by doing these things, by sort of saying, I don't think that's funny. Um, what do you mean? I don't get it, you know, without sort of saying like, Hey, that's racist, which will get the hackles up and kind of just shut down conversation. um, and sometimes actually just saying like, like if if the word the S word, the Yiddish word, um is used, like I have said, please don't use that word in my presence. I I just it's a it's a it's an ugly word. And and so just kind of building the
1: boundaries around what is acceptable. Um, right. In those and, ways. and right, that's really great. Thank you, Tracy. And to be clear for those who aren't, um I, I um aren't in the know, Tracy's referencing the Yiddish word for black, which is essentially a racial, is used as a racial epithet. Um uh, and is used disparagingly. And I appreciate that you didn't say it explicitly, um, but just in case people were like, what's what's the Yiddish S word? That's what um, Tracy was referencing to provide a little bit more context. Uh, and if you're still not fully clear, if it doesn't ring a bell for you, then you could look it up yourself online. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a similar uh, phrase in my back pocket that I learned from a teacher who I think learned from another teacher. I, I often like to cite my sources. I don't know the source of this. So if anyone does, feel free to write in our comments or you know send us a note through our question or insight form or on YouTube as well. But um, it's a variation of what you just said, Tracy which is slightly gentler, even gentler than one of the options you gave, which is to say, um, I don't understand. What's funny about that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if you can manage it and either just actually sincerely think that or not sincerely think that, but approach it from that way, that's a way that is slightly less, like directly confronts it, but in a slightly gentler way and opens up an opportunity for, and it also takes the steam. So if some folks are chuckling, and if you ask that question, then it calls, it more gently calls people into account. You know, because what came to mind for me when had asked this question is in responding in any way that is supportive of racial justice, Anyone who does that is directly contradicting the oppressive white supremacist racial order. And anytime that happens, there can be consequences. And it is my hope in this work that people make those choices uh, to to advance this work because we need it and that we all are mindful and use our best judgment around uh, finding the right ways of calibrating how we respond. If we are well-positioned and we have lots of institutional support and our position is well-funded and and there's been work around racial justice, you know, if there is a strong foundation, then we can still ideally be kind but speak more clearly and directly. And for a number of us, if we, in one way or another, have a targeted identity or are you know, uh, don't have powerful stature within the context in which we're working. Ideally, we still um, want to be advancing racial justice, but doing so in a way that we're equipped to maintain. And I I would just like to re-highlight or highlight, not re, but highlight what Tracy said early on that I've found to be so important in this work that a lot of people don't always think this way, and I want them to, that this work, a core part of racial justice work is about the long game. It's about continually working on a daily, weekly, and monthly and annual basis to get better at what we're doing and to be kind with ourselves as we come upon new situations and be kind to ourselves if we don't fully know what to do in that moment, but make a very mindful note of it and get more information just as this as our wonderful YouTube listener did right that that and that that um, is forward movement right I just really encourage everyone in this work that I think a number of people, particularly white folks white Jews in this work and white Jewish adjacent folks, can be at times overly hard on themselves in a specific moment and take it to mean something that to me is an exaggeration of what it actually means. And instead, get into the habit of doing what Tracy talked about, of taking appropriate action where you know to take it and being mindful of your positional power and not engage in white saviorism, but be a wonderful ally and resource and co-conspirator um, whenever you can and in moments, in new moments, uh, to make a mental note or literally uh, make a note in a notepad you have or wherever you might keep these kinds of questions, a racial justice journal, what, wherever you might have it, right? Um, to say, okay, I want to, and also specifically send us a question about it. Like I just encountered this dynamic and normally I would do this thing, but there was this different variable and I wasn't quite sure what to do. And I find that at times a number of my students and participants in our programs that it's not universal, but it's very common for people to be overly condemning of themselves rather than acknowledge some likely honest disappointment. Like I really wish I knew how to navigate this moment and i just didn't know how to navigate it and but i do want to know how to navigate this and similar situations in the future so now i'm going to proactively engage in that to me it's kind of similar of taking a more iterative approach rather than a judgmental and punitive approach right but more lean into sort of design thinking around we're continually in this ongoing pilot evolving stage and when something when, when something doesn't go right, when there's a glitch, when we fall short of the vision that we have for us and our racial justice leadership, allyship, co-conspiratorship, that we say, ah, this is a place where I can get stronger. I, I wasn't aware of this, or I was, and it by the wayside, and now I need to prioritize getting this back because fortunately, it's not like this is getting solved overnight. i I do have dreams of this being of racism being resolved much sooner than lots of people think. I would love to see us make incredible strides in the next twenty to fifty years. Some people think it's going to take multiple lifetimes. I actually think that there are a number of different efforts we could take um, within my lifetime to strongly uh, and powerfully undermine, racism. And I believe that it's going to come through us bringing as what as much as we can in each moment and simultaneously, it's a both and for me of bringing our best to each moment and also holding a long view of, ah, didn't get this one right this time. And I'm going to commit to figuring this out, getting some resource and support around it, from some of my allies with whom I share my identity or possibly across lines of difference. I think often affinity allies are great for white people and Jews of color as a first go to to connect with people who share your identity and say, here's what I experienced. One, so often at times you can get that understanding and also have them uh, in a way that's more comfortable for both you and them share different resources and insights that they would recommend for you to help you get better as you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's so so wise and valuable and I I actually would like to like call myself in on on in this and like give an example because I think sometimes people are listening and they see me interact with you and um I just want to I want to share so I'm going to air some dirty laundry of my own. So a couple of years ago <clears throat> I realized after I was in a meeting, um, of, it was like a DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion kind of task force across multiple Jewish agencies. And after the meeting, I was kind of thinking about the meeting and how it had gone. And I realized that I had interrupted one of my colleagues of color in order to sort of show how woke I am. I mean, that's not the way I was thinking about it, but like to sort of, sh- to sort of show her how smart I was about DEI stuff. And then I started thinking back and realized that was actually a pattern that I was guilty of, of interrupting colleagues or people of color in order to like prove myself. That's really messed up folks. (laughs) It's really not as not, that was not my best moment. Certainly not my best pattern. Um, and once I became aware of it, I could work to counter it and and address it and stop doing that. And so it was a not an easy moment as I made this realization. And in some ways, it was easier for me to counter it because I made the realization and wasn't called in. That it might have been harder for me to hear it if I was called in. I don't know. Um, but I just want to sort of like name like that's a sizable microaggression to be interrupting uh, a colleague of color about this in in general, in particular about. Um, about this work. And so, and I'm sharing this not for sympathy listeners, but so that you can recognize that like mistakes are normal and they happen and they're part of the work. And as April says, it's not about sort of being perfect in any given moment. It's about continuing to make progress over our lifetimes. And that's how the vision that April's describing is going to get there. If All of us commit to doing that. Um, even when, especially when we realize that we could have behaved better, differently um, in in past uh, moments. Thanks for I just another share. quick.
1: Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you for giving that example. And I think it's so important because it's so easy for many of us uh, to, as we listen to different public thought leaders to start to think that they are above these different dynamics. So I think it's always helpful when we can let folks know about our past or current growing edges. Um, Another idea that I just thought of as well to add just a little bit more depth to this before we close is to go deeper into this question. I think that there's also another variable because basically I think what Tracy and I were, we. I think what we said is is helpful in general, but then I think if if we go to a deeper level, I think depending upon the different variables, and your mentioning of the calling in peace reminded me of this, is I would say also assessing in a given moment one that in general it's good to interrupt these different racist patterns, and also assessing. Is this a leader who is likely going to be sharing this publicly? Is this a a staff person or professional who was responsible for working with folks of color and who was holding this belief? Is this someone who is in, I mean, it's all related, but who is in a slightly more inconsequential role? You know, so I think there's also, um, you know, to look at some different scenarios where it's not just, uh, you know, water cooler, the equivalent of virtual, or as we start to return, you know, in-person water cooler chat, but also if it's say the exec- executive director, uh, which is not so likely, but it happens, right? But, you know, or as someone who is responsible for a number of things, you know, in, in these kinds of scenarios, there are different styles of leadership here as some scholars discuss um, uh, I'm wanting to quote the precise person I'm uh, we'll include them and in the, we'll include it in our show notes. We'll include a reference to the scholar in our show notes but I first learned about this concept from Imani uh, Chapman, a wonderful Jewish leader of color, this concept of, of approaches to this work, that in general, often leaders can fall on a spectrum and often can land in one camp or the other or have varying degrees of one or the other of light versus heat. What I'm saying is more of a light approach, admittedly more of a light approach, uh, that that is my preference. I definitely have both light and heat in my toolkit, but I tend to like to do the majority of my work from a place of light, meaning sharing information, uh, trying to make a compelling case, uh, using diplomacy, and occasionally leveraging some heat for agitation at times when there's stagnation. Um, You know, so from my light-based perspective and approach, uh, I prefer, unless there's like an acute issue that needs to be interrupted immediately, I generally prefer when I see a leader who I respect and who I think in general is on my team around these types of issues, to uh, call them in and to talk to them in the context of our relationship uh, and, and open up an opportunity for conversation to say some things that I noticed and how that either affected me or how I saw that was affecting other people and to bring this to this person's attention um and you know see if there's any way that you know in here if you know how we can work on adjusting <laughs> that dynamic and um, but now I'm starting to think about some specific situations I've been in which is getting too in, into the weeds for some folks because it you know and also to some of the things I would say that I decided to hold off on is also coming from a vantage point that at times it's literally been my full-time work to be <laughs> the person who's helping to steward an organization through that, which is different than a number of folks, right? So I might offer myself as a resource because that literally was my full-time work, which doesn't make sense for a number of folks, but but you might want to say, I'm happy to be here as a supportive resource for you. I suspect, um, you know, my sense is, is that you weren't intentionally trying to be hurtful, but I'm coming to learn more and more. This is what I'm coming to learn, y'all, over the past several years Is that most of the time people are unintentionally perpetuating oppressive or hurtful dynamics. And it's much less about uh, an issue of intention and more of an issue about building awareness to address and and shift impact to to mitigate damage and ideally to move in a more positive, positive, uh, helpful, productive direction. Right. You know, right. and so I find it's helpful when I'm talking with most folks. Now, what's interesting is that at times when my racial microaggressions happen, even then a lot of the t- sometimes people are being intentional. Like there's, there's there's at times distasteful humor that's intentional. But I find that's that more often than not, people are they might they might be intentionally trying to be humorous, but they may not really be fully aware that what they're saying is really out of line and racist. Yeah. Yes. Um And so, again, the the strategies we we offered earlier in the session work and also if this is someone who is a professional partner of yours or is your supervisor or someone you have a more intensive relationship, you might want to consider this um, additional approach that I've mentioned around asking them to reach out and be in conversation uh, and to again, my approach, it doesn't have to be, but especially depending upon how you are affected, I'm not trying to tone police in any way, but my personal approach is to come with calm and with clarity, That demonstrate clarity to them that I understand their inherent goodness, that that's not up for debate, but that I noticed this impact that they're having that I think they might not be aware of. Do you have a question,
0: insight or suggestion you'd like us to consider discussing on the podcast? Go to JewsTalkRacialJustice.com and fill in the form there, and maybe we'll talk about your question on the air.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit JewsTalkRacialJustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time and stay humble and keep going.